Hello, this is podcast 316 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha Rani. So this is a kind of a hello podcast. I'm a bit stuffed up. I can't go outside the door without picking up germs. I really envy people with an immune system at the moment. It tends to go through really fast. I just haven't found the thing that stops me getting it yet. The magic ingredient. So I've been over to the west of Ireland. For those of you who don't know me, I, I went to college in Galway. It was an unusual choice in the time that I did it. Most people from Dublin, I think only one other person from my school ever really went there. And there's so much I love about the, the West of Ireland, particularly Connemara, which I was reminded of again. And it's it's a sort of this strange combination of off-grid, really bleak landscape with the weather that, that sort of blows in and out and changes very dramatically. But there's an openness. Like, no one did the, the three-head stare, as I call it, to me for the whole time I was away. Nobody cared who I was or where I was from, other than kind of being nosy and asking questions and being genuinely friendly. But there, there's a lack of judgment, and there's an openness to be yourself while being in a slower pace. And so a lot of people from outside have been drawn there over the years to set up their lives. And I, because you can't, you know, swing a cat in Ireland without sort of two degrees of separation. I ended up talking to someone who owns a gallery and it turns out that their wife went to the same horrendous school as me and we had a whole session of talking about what we had been subjected to in school talking about how the various referendums in the area had been embraced, surprisingly so, starting with divorce and then moving through to marriage equality and finally the abortion referendum. And ironically, that area that's more off-grid and more insular is probably more open-minded than where I live outside Dublin. And so the combination of sort of travelling across the country and having the headspace to do that and the experience and experiencing the pace of life there. Just the priorities that people have and the sense of there always being some level of employment and people being kind of happy to leave school um, by 16 and actually go out and work still and feeling like they have a place in the community when they do that versus maybe some of the, the pressures that I see that people are under that I'm working with where people feel there's less possibility. And then that's kind of to a backdrop of listening to Young's Red Book on the way over, listening to Bell Hooks' Ain't I a Woman, which I don't think I'm ready to talk about, reading an Octavia Butler book. I've been dipping back in and out of Man's Search for Meeting, and I bought a short Audrey Lord book when I was in Galway on the way. And it's really quite fascinating to be reading this collection of work which is so so diverse to a backdrop of everything that's been taking place in the world and and one of the ideas that I'm I'm left with that I really need to explore and I said this to someone yesterday is the idea that I don't ever feel I can be right and I don't need to be right this comes up this has come up a lot recently for me I don't think it's possible for me to ever be right like, I wrote that in some notes in a cafe over those days because 
I haven't listened to everyone's story. I haven't met everybody. I haven't read all of the books. I haven't had the experiences. There's unconscious biases within myself that, you know, I haven't explored. But yet what comes up over and over for me is that there's a difference between being in your truth and being right. And that ironically, by being in your truth, you're actually available to other people's truths. It's not definitive. And I, I think there's something really big brewing in me around the idea of being right and the polarization at the moment. And how much I feel that people have checked out of being responsible. Like I, I think a lot of interviews that I've watched in some of the, the grim events that have unfolded recently, there's such a lack of responsibility to other people. There's that lack of search of, of meaning that Victory Franklin talks about. There's a lack of sense of purpose. And yet, I can go somewhere completely off-grid where people's purposes are so much simpler and people can still be more open and more responsible to others. So there's, there's such, a, such a contrast in that right now for me. And in a way, they have checked out of the demands of society in, in, a, in a very rural area that's very bleak and doesn't have a huge amount. And it's, you know, it's very easy to go to during so-called technical Irish summer, which is still not really arrived yet. Um, but it can be incredibly bleak during winter. And yet there is more self-containment in that. Whereas I can't really describe what people are going through. Like I think there's a sense that we're talking, starting to see the phrase collective trauma come up a lot. And there's a sense that since people have emerged on the other side of the pandemic to what it is now, since February, the people have disengaged further and further and further. And I really feel that people are struggling with education and development or self-development or self-improvement as a whole. That I'm, I'm watching that it doesn't matter whether you're asking people to engage with books or you're asking them to engage with a podcast or you're asking them to engage with a free seminar or whether you're asking them to check into a workshop. There's a sense that people have checked out, that they, they can't cope with any truth. And I'm starting to feel quite shocked by the spin-up around small children returning to education and our perceptions of them. I actually have really high hopes for this generation that are joining school because I think that for the first time in quite a few decades, they might have this interesting contrast between having different needs, having been around people, and actually craving that. And, and you know, and it's amazing how many educationalists are starting to have an issue with people craving um, human engagement. And I'm sort of sitting there looking at them and going, what's wrong with that? Like we're, we're giving out about even, you know, 
and it's sort of comparable in, in, in the way that people are talking at the moment. People are giving out about dogs that have been taken on during the pandemic that they've never been left on their own. And they, they don't know how to deal with that. But, but like that doesn't make sense to me because I've never understood why people have pets in their lives when they don't have time for them. So this is this really like, I think there's something really interesting brewing where we have a bunch of people who are actually quite invested in people for a change and who are prepared to question everything. And maybe their truth looks different to what we expect to be right. And I realise that's all quite, quite rambly at the moment. So I said, it's a kind of a hollow podcast. This is what happens. This is a, a demonstration of what happens to my brain when I physically move from one location to the other. And I absorb vast amounts of information while looking on at the world. And quite frankly, the way that very privileged people seem to feel very traumatized for having to just have basically had to stop and sit still and care about each other. And I don't really understand on the other side of that why that's so difficult for people. And I don't understand all of the assumptions in it. And I just see an awful lot of people who need to be right and who make vast amount of assumptions. Like I've had someone sit in front of me in the last week and go on as if, again, as if children who haven't had engagement with other children, it's like as if they have some sort of a disease and they think that they're not capable of human interaction. And yet I'm sort of sitting there looking at them and thinking to myself, you do realise that I'm an only child and that I grew up without any of this. But similarly, you know, we sat down to a family meal every evening, which is not a given in every household. And I learned a lot of values and a lot beyond myself, probably too much beyond myself, to feel incredibly responsible for the world. And my own mother said to me last week that she had she couldn't say that I wasn't optimistic at the moment or that I was pessimistic, but that she'd never seen me so genuinely worried for the state of humanity and that I seemed to feel like I was responsible for all of it and that I couldn't do enough. And, and, and that is pretty, pretty true. And the part, the big question I have in my mind, you know, driving across the country and in all I'm reading, is how do we make people who don't feel responsible for anything, how do they re-engage? Like when I watch people who are elected officials give interviews after you have 10-year-olds who have lost their lives in complete innocence, and they give interviews in a way that has no responsibility to that and no emotional feeling to it and no connection to it and just this need to be right. I'm kind of like, how do I reach you? And yet I can go to somewhere that's so bleak and so checked out of everything and people can feel more connected and more responsible and more open to people coming in from outside and more open 
to wider ideas of, of equality and choice and openness. Because normally, when we go to very rural places, they become incredibly insular. And we lose that in people's need to be right, in their need to make choices. And I'm kind of like, what's, what's the tipping point in that? And I don't have an answer. And even if I did, I wouldn't need to be right. It'd just be an exploration of how do you get there. But yes, I am extremely worried about the state of humanity right now. It's just the right cocktail. And I'll, I'll leave you with this gem that I read in an Octavia Butler book. And she's comparing the rise of a, a Trump-like Voldemort-type character who is portraying their rightness and their truth and their control over other people, their sense of what values people should have and how they should live. And she makes the point, this fictional character, that because it, you know, education is not a given anymore and not everyone can read, that they don't know how to form their own opinions. They're, they don't know how to read other people's points of view how to have empathy and an open-minded outlook. So, in theory, the world currently should be literate and educated enough for people to form their own open opinions. But yet, I'm watching in this sort of collective trauma mode, I'm watching people gravitate towards more and more conservative ideals because they know those and they think they're safe and I think that's why I'm most worried right now